Hello? Hey. Hey. Uh, it's it's weird hearing your voice without drums or the chant of defense happening in the background. And I'm not I'm not asking Hillary whether she wants a heavily seasoned regular seasoned or heavy. <laughs> uh, your mic is coming in awfully faint, I got to say. Oh, that's not no, it's not. It's not great. If you could just try to recreate how loud you were coming across in the uh, virtual fan section that we were just sitting in, that would be ideal. Okay, I'm just. I'm ditching the mic. Can you hear me now? Yeah, loud and clear. You sound good. A bit echoey, but I'm sure maybe next time listeners will under, will understand. These are unprecedented times, Simon. Yeah, a little echoey. Hmm. It's okay. No, it's fine. It's 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 you're not doing anything wrong here, buddy. <laughs> Still got that Brooklyn Brigade hat on. We're coming off a big Nets W that we just cheered our heads off for. That's right. But Simon, why don't you welcome people back? That's right, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Maybe Nets Time. I am your host, William Bluer, with my co-host Simon. McCormack. Nets Nation. I got a cue for you. Was that our last win of the year? <laughs> Probably, right? You got to kind of assume. We are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. And Simon, as you mentioned, we are coming off a sweet, sweet <laughs> W against two. I think inarguably is the worst team in the bubble, the Washington Wizards, without their one star and uh, two, you know, second best player in Davis Bertans. Um, but that doesn't matter. We don't have our stars either. And it was a convincing win, Simon. Sure, it was tied with five minutes left in the game. Sure, <laughs> Thomas Bryant could score at will. But so, too... <laughs> Could Jared Allen, Joe Harris, Karis LeVert combining for something like 88 of the Nets, 116 points or something? They, they scored, the three of them together, an obscene number of buckets. Uh, your question, is it the last win of the Nets season? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. What I think it does almost guarantee is that we won't even have to do a play-in. Right. It, it, right. I, I agree with you because uh, now they're seven games back. They would have to win, even if we lose all of our remaining games, which I think is very possible, they would still have to win three of their next six games, and they have some pretty tough, tough games coming up. I think they'd have to win more than three, too, wouldn't they? Uh, I think they just have to be four games with uh, within, right? They have to be within four games. They're up seven now. Okay. All right. Then, I then mean, the chances to... of that happening are if they can't, if they can't, they've played the Suns and us, and they yeah. have. I mean, they was it was a closer game than I'd like to admit today. But <laughs> against the Suns, they never had a chance. Right. So I don't know who the Wizards are hoping to face. That's that's more of a cakewalk than the teams that they have currently faced. Right, and they definitely don't. 
Like, they play some good teams after that. I forget what their schedule is, but yeah. Right. So feeling pretty good about the bubble. Simon, let's talk um, meta here. This is what people really want to hear about. We were, uh, as we teased baby last week, certainly on Twitter, uh, we participated as the two of the disembodied head virtual fans in the crowd this week. Uh, what for you were some highlights of that virtual fan experience? I know from, from podcasts I'm hearing um, that are talking about these bubble games, people aren't big fans of the virtual fans. Yeah. Uh, they think it's... They wonder why there are so many empty seats. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> Just generally think it looks like kind of a a clunky um, reminder of the fact that human beings can't actually participate in this in a way that, you know, we've understood participating as fans to be for the history of the sport. Right. It's um, it sort of makes it more dystopic instead of trying to make it more normal. and let me tell you, people are working awfully hard to bring you that experience that people don't like, uh, including the people in those fa- in those uh, seats, those e-seats, who uh, have to deal with incredibly lagging um, video uh, and just an all-around, you know, tough situation. As I mentioned before, I alluded to before. I was unable to mute my mic or turn off my camera, so every word I had to say about my wing order was captured for all of the block to hear. There was a man who was having sounded like a pretty serious medical emergency that he was advising someone about. Yeah, phone gave a pretty. I gotta give him credit. Gave a pretty solid. definition of what a placebo was at one point right that was the stuff that hipaa is made to prevent people (laughs) so for people wondering why so many of the seats are empty we can provide a little bit of actual information about that what they do in our case they had a block of 32 seats and apparently they had 50 of us on And so what they ask the people viewing to do is everyone to have their videos on except for when they leave their seat. And when they leave their seat, they ask that you turn your video off, and that automatically shuffles someone who's video on into that seat. Now, that seems like a straightforward enough request, but human beings being human beings, sometimes we're maybe not totally on top of... Uh, turning off the camera when we step away. And I know that the uh, a few people in the block may may have been guilty of that throughout our uh, virtual fan experience. So anytime someone gets up and f- forgets to turn their camera off, the computer can't pick up on that and assumes that there's still <laughs> someone in front of it and isn't shuffling someone in. But I did. I, I will say I turned mine off a few times, got kicked out, but got always got cycled back into a different seat. So for the most part, the system worked, but um, particularly for, for I've seen some broadcasts where there are like five people in. I think maybe if you can imagine, Simon, it's even l- sort of more disorganized than the than the experience that we had today. Yeah, I believe it. Um, hats off to the people working for the block who did a very admirable job. None of this was their fault. 
Um, one problem is that it's run through Teams, America's least favorite um, meeting digital meeting software. Yes, that's what uh, my work uses, and we are condemned to Teams. And <laughs> yeah, we, we do it a lot to it at uh, NYCLU. Um, but yeah, so um, it was um, it was not a great experience. No, and you know there there yeah no not to just shit on the whole thing. I think you know everyone's <laughs> trying to make it interesting. This is sort of an experiment to see if the virtual fans could be a fun thing for a fun way. I would imagine to maybe if they can't have fans forever, actually sell seats to that type of experience, which I think is going to be a very hard sell as it's currently constructed. But you know they're trying. We're mm-hmm. sort of guinea pigs here. Um, it was nice that we got to see the game. I don't subscribe to Yes Network, uh, so can't actually watch any of these games um so you know it was nice to see it the stream was of course lagging and a little a little glitchy we had some serious audio problems throughout but uh it was a very nice gesture i think i think i probably am not going to sign up um in the guinea pig phase again (laughs) Uh, maybe wait till till the kinks are worked out and it's a more seamless experience if that if that day ever emerges um simon do you think our so in the second half we were behind the wizards basket so we had high impact on the free throws do you think uh do you think one they could actually hear us chanting or saying things in the stadium any of the players and two do you think any of our wild hand gestures had an impact on the shooting um, I don't know if they can hear us, uh, but we were told that they could. And, you know, they shot 70, I just looked, they shot 77.8% from the free throw line. So, uh, you know, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. Right. Fair enough. 80 some percent, but 78 is pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I had I had some issues too with us like chanting defense defense when it was pretty clear to me that the audio was bad for us listening. I can't imagine that they're going to want to pump that in while the players are trying to play a basketball game. But no. but it you know built a sense of camaraderie and and we got through it and the and the Nets won and that's what's important, Simon. Yes, William. What are your takeaways from the Big V? The big victory, I would say, one, Jacques Vaughn looks incredible in athleisure wear. <laughs> yeah, the polo. He looks really, he looks a lot younger than uh, when when he's in a suit and tie. Uh, <laughs> looked, looked sharp as hell on the bench. Um, let's see. Jarrett Allen, flashes of greatness and flashes of the most timid player of the game. So typical Jarrett Allen experience. Uh, I think it's great that he hit 10 for 10 from the free throw line. Very high on that. Karis Levert was just as inefficient as Karis Levert um, typically is, though he was very high scoring. And Joey Buckets hit some clutch threes. Other than that, Simon, uh... I was hoping for a little more from Rody. You know, I'm look excited for him to sort of break out in this thing. I don't know. I didn't see it today, um, and it, really any of the bench guys. As I said, you know, 
over three quarters of our points were scored by three players. So uh, if uh, outside of the Karis Joe Jarrett show, there wasn't much going on. Yeah. So I so on the roadie thing, it's a shame for roadie that those exhibition games didn't count because he was spectacular. And in the in the two regular season games, he has not been good. But um, I just want to yes, Kar- Karis Levert was was he shot eleven for twenty five. Yeah, yeah, forty um, percent, just... which is okay, but that's a huge amount of of shots. Um, I mean, forty four percent is not great, but it's also not terrible. Um, and but he was uh, ten for thirteen from the from the free throw. And then I just want to read you a few stat lines from the people not named Joe Harris, Karis Levert, and Jared Allen. Tyler Johnson, zero for seven. Grodion's Kuruks, zero for four. Uh, Garrett Temple, two for ten. Oh. Timothy Lawawu Cabrera practically showing off uh, at three for ten. So. Yeah, I like TL. TLC had a couple great plays, some big defensive stops, uh, coupled with uh, a big three or two. Yes, well, I mean, he, I mean, you should be. His no, agent. if you're, you're right. Oh. No, no, no. I mean, you, you, you really have to be searching for a bright spot beyond the big three in this game. Yeah. Uh, and mine will be TLC. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean,. Why don't we talk bubble breakdown? So, okay. I mean, uh, so you know, there's <laughs> nobody on earth, including a diehard Nets fan, needs to hear that much about a Nets Wizard game, honestly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what is the game in the bubble that you are Nets game, obviously, mm-hmm. of the remaining six that you're most excited to watch? Good question. Let me look up their schedule because. Um, I have not. Th- this was basically the be all end all. Um, right. It was sort. Of, this was the make or break game. I I like watching the Kings, and I think that's a game that will lose. But oh, I think we got a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, they're missing Bagley, who I guess is basically missed the entire year. But um, yeah, I mean, I like De'Aaron Fox. I like the idea of the Kings. Um, I think a lot of people like the idea of the Kings. Yeah. They, they, actually been good but they're sort of rumored to to be supposed to be good um and uh yeah so i i think i think that would be my pick yeah i mean at this point i was going to say i'm most excited about the play-in games just because the stakes are going to be high so there'd be uh, <laughs> a sort of elevated emotional pitch to them mm-hmm. but at this point, it just doesn't seem like Washington is going to come anywhere close to to getting to forcing the play-in game. So I'd say the game, Simon. I wanted to ask you about the biggest potential upset game. Ooh. I'm saying, and this is a super hot take: the Clippers game. Oh yeah, maybe because they don't really have anything to play for, right? They're I not mean- going to. It's uh, it's extremely uh, well. They're not going to get first. Yeah, they'd have to go seven and zero, and the Lakers would have to go zero and seven. Or I guess at this point they'd have to go six and zero, and and the Lakers would have to go in six. Um, so that's not going to happen. And I think they're pretty well locked into second. And if they are, and this game's a little later in the schedule, so I imagine if if they are locked into that second seed, it's a high probability we will not see Kawhi and Paul George that game. Mm-hmm. Um, in which case, why not? Nets sneak a game off them. 
Yeah, I mean they they have a good bench, unfortunately, right? But oh my god, extraordinary! <laughs> Lou Williams might be back from his yeah uh, deed. <laughs> um, but Montrez yeah. Harrell, right? Um, Shamit. Yeah, right. they've got plenty of guys. They're very deep. Joaquin Noah. Oh, how is he doing? Um, he looks like a retired center because <laughs> he basically is. Okay, that's a shame. Um, so Karras is obviously getting the most run and putting up the biggest numbers. But you could argue with games like this that Jared Allen's making a pretty strong case for getting that starting job back next season. And Joey Buckets was absolutely huge, especially down the stretch with his shooting. Um, which starter do you think has the most to gain in the, the rest of this bubble? Great question. Um, I still think it's Karras uh, because I think we basically know like Joe, Joe Harris is going to Joe Harris. I feel like Jared Allen is going to be, um, you know, who, who he is. I mean, I, I think he was, I mean, I think we both believe he was already better than DeAndre. Um, and yes, if he keeps averaging, if he keeps getting like 22 point and 15 rebound games, he will make it tough to start um, DeAndre over him. But um, so I guess in that sense, maybe him, but just because Karras is such a, I don't know, tantalizing, interesting player. And we'll, we'll talk a bit about some worries with Karras, but you know, it would be nice to try to assuage some of those, some of those concerns. Well, why don't we talk about the worries with Karras? Okay. What do you, what, what's the, uh, what's the concern? You sent me an article by which NBA writer? Uh, this was, um, John Schumann. John Schumann, right. The stats guy for NBA.com, right? Yes, exactly. Um, and I think he, I, I mean, there's a lot of, um, a lot of stats in this article for folks interested in it. Um, but I, I think, you know, he, he's just, you know, we've talked about his issues with his true shooting. Um, that continues to be true. Um, is according to Synergy. Oh God, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was a disaster on multiple fronts. Okay, sorry. A- according to Synergy, play type tracking the zero point eight two points per possession that Levert has scored as a pick and roll ball handler are down and rank forty third among forty nine players who have averaged at least five ball handler possessions. So there's all sorts of those things. <laughs> littered throughout this thing where to me I always think every shot Karis LeVert takes is going to go in and I'm always like genuinely disappointed when it when it doesn't go in but it just it happens a lot um and he just makes like he makes many good plays like his his play that his shot that maybe iced the game today is so good just clutch gets into the paint scores but he also has you know 
a lot of bad shots. And uh, so I just don't know. I don't know, William. I don't know what you think, but we've had a bunch of talks about, like, is it going to be Karras? Is it going to be Spencer who they trade? Is it going to be both? And I'm not sure. He's a divisive player, but I think that maybe is the most kind thing you could say about Karras at this point. How many teams are interested in Karras? Right. Uh, Like, definitely have a garbage for trash trade or something right and be like uh this you know here's an underwhelming guy for karis but like i don't feel like that's sort of what we're hoping for no i think he is viewed as like a key piece in a third star maneuver yeah yeah, um, you know, I think we've we've talked about my feelings about Karis for a long time. <laughs> I, his late game no, I mean he's good, but he's you know, <laughs> he's good enough to be the best player on a team that ekes one out over a depleted Wizards roster, <laughs> which was already a team that would have been extremely lucky to make the playoffs. Right. So, yeah, you know, I don't I don't know that he rises to third star and I think I think a pretty solid case could be made that Spencer is the more valuable of the two players. Oh, yeah, especially on the contract. What what worries me William is the contract. I'm worried that people are going to look at that I think it's something like 17 million over 3 years mm-hmm. contract and take a pass. Yeah, but he is a guy who has shown such flashes and then been on the shelf so long that you can still do the talk yourself into him thing. Oh, yeah, I do it every day, Will. Yeah, so uh, you just got to hope that there are front offices around the league who are drinking the same Kool-Aid that you are, Simon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So... A big question in Nets Nation right now, and and today's W is going to complicate the possibility of this even happening, but the big question is to tank or not to tank. Mm -hmm. So people are wondering, should the Nets deliberately try to miss out on the playoffs this year so that they keep their first round pick, or... Simon, do you think they should go for it? Do you think there's value in them make uh, keeping the eighth seed and presumably uh, barring some extremely strange thing happening, which in 2020 is probably not that preposterous a thing to <laughs> to imagine, um, but probably getting swept in the first round by the Bucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so where are you on that? Are you or? Or do you think uh, that's a crass thing to discuss? <laughs> I don't think it's crass. <laughs> um, I've heard some pretty crass things in my day. Right. Um, I would say that... I, I don't know, because I, I haven't really thought through exactly what is the best strategic plan because if we keep this pick then we have to give up next year's pick and i don't know how that would impact us being able to package a bunch of picks because you can't do um consecutive year picks 
um, because of what the Nets previously did with the Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett trade. Um, that sort of thing has been outlawed. So, and I don't, you know, so basically I don't really know what the best strategic thing to do is. I know that I think psychologically and emotionally for me coming into this season thinking, what did I pick them like fifth in the, in the East, I think when we were before the season started. Yeah. You had, you had pretty high hopes. Um, yeah. You had them at 46 wins. Right. So, um, I just think psychologically losing, or out on the playoffs, especially in, as you just pointed out, should definitely necessitate us losing all of our games and then losing two games to Washington would just be such a humiliating thing. Even I understand we're missing eight players, but, um, and we have just a ton of, like, there's a reason why we have guys going oh for seven and two for 10 out there. But, um, but, uh, you know, it's just it'd just be too much to take. Yeah. Too much I, to I mean, yeah. Putting aside the fact that I I don't know what the trade implications would be if we were to keep our pick. On paper, it makes a lot of sense for me uh, to me to try to get that lottery pick this year. Um, you know. Trading a lottery pick in Karis Levert's a lot more exciting than like a second round pick in Karis Levert. But again, maybe we can't trade it, or right. even getting a lottery player. You know, using our first round pick—that's thrilling. I would love if Sean Marks didn't trade away our first round pick. Mm-hmm. But not not usually how that guy rolls. <laughs> well, these days, yeah. right? So let's talk bench players here, Simon. And I want to I want to lead into bench players you're most excited about by reading you the headline of the week. <laughs> and this is, of course, from none other than Net Incomes Net Daily. <laughs> Quote: Tyler Johnson looked like a million dollars. Dot dot dot. Maybe even fifty million exclamation mark end quote. <laughs> <laughs> Simon, would you say Tyler Johnson's looked like fifty million to you? Um he was zero for seven. Um he was horrible. Uh, he was playing at the end of the game, I guess. I don't know why he didn't have Chioza out there, but um but yes. Um, super confusing. I, I, I just, yeah, I mean, Tyler Johnson is, he sucks. Like we knew he sucked. <laughs> he was, he, I was surprised that he was as good, like coming off of the game, the, the preseason game when we had nine players to choose from of an already depleted, terrible roster. Tyler Johnson was a breath of fresh air. He looked like someone who has played in the NBA before, but the truth of the matter is, the guy can't hack it. <laughs> um, well, got... who? Which of these bench dudes are you excited about? Oh well, Kuruks inexplicably is coming off the bench, so because he's number... like the backup five, right? He is the backup five, exactly. And um, I don't know. Oh, and actually, good that you mentioned the, him being a backup five because I would say the other person is Donta Hall. Hmm. Uh, I liked what I saw in garbage time with Donta Hall. He was, um, he had something like, I don't know, eight points, 12 points. Anyway, he was, he was just like your classic rim running 
you know, very active, very energetic guy. Um, didn't always catch. Sometimes it seems like his uh, hands were made of cinder blocks, but he uh, he was, you know, he was out there moving and shaking. Um, so, yeah. You know, someone who has noticeably not been out there moving and shaking <laughs> is uh, Jamal Crawford. Why? Yeah. What? What's the story with him not getting any run here? Major scandal, William. Major scandal. Uh, I think because what the hell is going on? Like, right. How bad is this? So here's the thing. I think that so the, the the just to back up, what they're claiming is that his quote unquote conditioning is not up to uh, to him playing. Um, but as our friend, a uh, friend of show, Steve Lichtenstein, said, no one is asking for Jamal Crawford to play like 30 minutes, mm-hmm. like which would be tough for sure for Jamal Crawford, I'm sure. But um, but could he play six minutes? I am certain that he has the conditioning to play six minutes of NBA basketball, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I think he'd get about 30 points in those six minutes, too. <laughs> right, well, and especially we've got Lance Thomas starting, so... That like, was wild. That was wild. Second game in a row, he has done nothing to me. To, I, I can't think of a positive play that Lance Thomas has made in the last two games. No, I just remember seeing him twice and both times asking myself, who is that? <laughs> and, and you know, because the names aren't on the back of the jersey, I, I genuinely didn't know. But he's the guy with the blonde, he's got mm-hmm. like blonde yeah. highlights, right? Who looks like he's having some conditioning issues, if I may be so... Uh... So he looks a step slow. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I do you one better. He just disappears. He he ghosts out there on the court. You really don't even know that he's there. I think, you know, like racking my brain, I think I remember him jacking a corner three and missing it, but I I couldn't tell you for sure. I can't remember anything else Lance Thomas did. That sounds like him. And losing his man. That is another thing you can guarantee will happen. Okay. Um, well, I'm excited. I am ex- excited about Jamal Crawford. What once we, once his conditioning gets right. Yeah, I mean, don't you think that that's obviously just a calm because they are watching him in his non-Twitter um, published videos and thinking this guy is not good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's. I don't want to live in a world where Jamal Crawford can't drop fifty on any given night. Yeah. He, he's out there. He's, he's, he's really, he's like the first off the bench. Very excited. He's, he's, yeah. He's uh, maxed, masked up as well. Yeah. So modeling good behavior. Yes, exactly. Um, all right. What else you got from the bubble? You have access in ways that I don't, Simon. What? What else? I mean, <laughs> in that you can uh, watch the games. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anything else you want to you wanna report? on from the bubble what you're seeing out there uh no i I, something that we texted about um a bit um curious what your take is uh musa even on a lineup with eight players missing is still uh relegated to garbage time that's that's pretty concerning isn't it Yes, and he he was in the first scrimmage. He was one of the first people off the bench. Was terrible, you know. I mean, he's never been good, really, except actually for a few minutes. I think he was kind of good um, the last game in garbage time. 
Um, but generally, he just doesn't – he really does not look like an NBA player. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he's sort of a coach's nightmare because he's a first-round pick. So the organization has some interest in, like, getting him some run, right? So there is some some tacit, at least, tacit understanding that you you occasionally try to make the guy play. Yeah. But when he goes out there, he's such a obviously bad decision maker mm-hmm. uh, that I think it must be be torture for the coach. And 1,000% way, and particularly for an interim kind of job tryout coach. Right. A guy who looks great in athleisure wear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, William, sorry, just very quickly, and then we can stop. Uh, I, I wanted to get your take as well on, um, on Jacques Vaughn and if people are feeling after these few games like he's better than Kenny Atkinson. Because I will tell you my firm temperature check on that is he is exactly the same. Like, didn't make adjustments out of the half. Where have we heard that before? In the Magic game, they trapped Levert. We had no answer. Uh, Like, it just looks exactly the same. Like, it's just like, oh, well, this team seems to be doing things that we're just not capable of doing. Okay. Yeah, no. I, 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 you know, it's, it's always difficult, like, Part of the reason why I feel like Nick Nurse gets so much love is because you can actually sort of like see his coaching maneuvers manifest on the court and they're so obvious and sort of uh, different than what other people are doing that, that you that you notice it. But usually, you know, what 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 a coach is doing is to the untrained eye. <laughs> Invisible, an invisible yeah. art. But mm-hmm. the only thing I really noticed in this game, the offense, as you said, was indistinguishable from what I remember Kenny's offense being. And that's more or less been said by Jared Allen. You know, like he tried to walk it back and say, oh, but there's like a little touch of Jock Vaughn in there too. But basically he said it's the same stuff. Um, but I noticed defensively the plan at the beginning of this game was that Jared Allen would fully back off Thomas Bryant. Uh-huh. Um, and that resulted in a number of threes from Thomas, basically him hitting shots anytime he caught the ball because he went totally unguarded. Um, I'm not sure if that was even ever really adapted to in the game. It seemed to just be their <laughs> strategy because he was scoring at will from the perimeter. Yeah. But um, that was the only sort of decision that I that I picked up on by Jacques Vaughn, which clearly <laughs> was not a great decision. I mean, the guy was shooting 40% from three this year. I don't know that that's necessarily the type of guy you want to... Um, you know, have a... Have a green light on any shot he gets no especially when like he might be their best player right right now oh hands down yeah and he's he was four for six this game that's pretty good from three yeah where i come from william totally uh yeah i'd say he or uh, uh troy brown was pretty good oh yeah and he- uh and supposedly you know Ish smith can be pretty good but he was <laughs> Now, William, you're telling tales. Right. He was a little... I, I'd, I'd describe his play today as a little uh, erratic. 
That guy would loves to drive into the lane with really no clear idea of what his very undersized frame is going to do. Yes, as a former fantasy owner of Ish Smith, I will always have disdain for him. <laughs> All right, Simon. Well, we kind of got a mailbag from old IRLJZ. Uh, and he he provided the quote, good artist copy, great artist steal, which I believe is a Picasso quote. Oh. And he said there were some good questions submitted to the Athletics, Alex Schiffer, Nets reporter. We are trying to get him on the show. Simon's on it. Blue checkmark is on it. Uh, hopefully one day we do. But anyway, he suggested that we steal some of those questions and provide better takes. Uh, I I read through them. I found a question, Simon, that I thought we we would we could respond to. I don't know. Okay. It's necessarily going to be better than his, but a question that we can address. So it's uh, here's the here. I'll just read it to you. Obviously, Marks should continue continuously look at ways to improve the team. But why is there so much chatter around the Nets and not the Lakers, Bucks, Celtics, Rockets, Clippers about acquiring a third star? If there was a theme coming into the season, it was that duos, not trios, dominated the landscape. If the Nets are as confident as they say they are with KD and Kyrie, why would we risk depth on a third star when other teams aren't, at least publicly? Um, yeah, I think the answer is that our duo is not nearly as good as other duos. Like, uh, LeBron and AD are... You would know this better than I, but it seems like a lock to both be first-team All-NBA. Paul George, though hurt, you know, I don't think anyone would say that Kawhi and Paul George is worse than Kevin Durant and Kyrie. I mean, we'll see what Kevin Durant is, but I find that pretty hard to believe. And so I think that our only – I mean, I I think that the the third star thing comes in thinking like – we can't go toe-to-toe with these other two stars. We need to be the three-star team. And we also have, like, a bunch of... Because we acquired um, Kyrie and KD via free agency and didn't have to trade anything to get them... Well, we had to trade, you know, a pick. No, two picks. To get, uh... Two picks? Is that right? To get it off of Crab. Yes, two picks. Yeah. So... But we didn't have to give up a boatload of, of things um, that you would have to to get a third star. So we do have a lot of draft picks in the cupboard. And I think at least when all this third star chatter really started, like you said, it was like, oh, and teams are going to want Karis LeVert. They're going to want Torian Prince. They're going to want um, – and I think they still want Jared Allen and Spencer. But, um, you know, that those are the reasons. Right. I think I think the interesting part of this question is sort of the the confidence, right? And there's at, at one time hardcore um, Nets fans will say we have Kevin Durant's going to be a top two guy in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's what he was before he was injured, and he's going to come back and be just as good. And Kyrie has shown that he can be, you know, maybe the second or third best point guard in the NBA. So if you really believe that to be true, 
then you do have a first-team All-NBA guy in Kevin Durant, and you do have a guy who could definitely be, at worst, third-team All-NBA in Kyrie Irving. That's as good as the Clippers have. Um, And why, then, aren't we holding on to all of these good surrounding parts that we that we have Mm. well i think we may have to hold on to them honestly like i i'm just as i as i said at the beginning i think a lot of our um tasty uh trade fodder um delights that we could dangle in front of people are not catching much you're you're, they're rotten worms Uh, (laughs) right but like do, do you see what i'm saying like do should we does it show a lack of faith that Kevin Durant's really going to come back as a top, uh, let's say top five guy, mm-hmm. or a lack of faith that Kyrie Irving can either be healthy or sort of be productive enough to be a top 15 guy in the league? Is that why, is it sort of a panic move or is the third star thing something that is more of a media narrative and less of an inside the front office thing? Um, I don't know because, because you could, if you, if you have the most optimistic view of those two players, you could argue that they're certainly not as good as LeBron and, and um, Anthony Davis, but you could argue that they're as good as any other duo in the league. Yeah, but I'm, I, I'm certainly I'm not of I'm not of I've never no. been of that belief. But I'm just saying I think that's sort of the interesting part of that question is that person is saying, like, is it do the Nets do Nets fans not really believe that? Because if they do believe that, then they shouldn't be as concerned about this third star thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I am concerned about that, especially after seeing how little Kyrie Irving did to improve wins. I mean, he did nothing. Right. We were worse with him. Right. Um, so that's stinkeroo, because if you throw in, I mean, just like uh, Miami, right? Like those, two, like Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are, you know, pro- you know, those those players impact winning, and they're not even in like a conversation. They're not in like the top tier conversations about like these dynamic duos. Right. Um, and both of those players help you win games, guaranteed. Not clear at all if Kyrie Irving does that. So to me, that's why, and also his durability is you know really makes you want to hedge with a with a third star um, if you if you can. Right. Um, we'll see. Well, I mean, obviously, that is that is the future is very unclear. This has been a, a very dispiriting season, but I think that the sort of desperation at, at one and you know at one time that a lot of Nets fans talk about needing that third star, plus the sort of, like, idolization of KD and Kyrie seems somewhat paradoxical mm. um, or contradictory. And and so I feel like you got to pick a lane on that one. Yeah. Well, and there is, like, 
anyone who gets retweeted by net income as well as net income is definitely of the belief that we just hold Pat. We have great depth. Mm-hmm. We have maybe a third star in Karis LeVert. We have two great players coming. Like, we, we're going to be amazing. Right. And that could be true. It really, it honestly could be true. Kevin Durant is an extraordinary player. Kyrie Irving is, when he's playing basketball at his best, extraordinarily exciting to watch at the very least. Yeah. Um, and perhaps it is just like the perfect alchemical sort of combination and we will come away with pure gold. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, this season certainly hasn't hasn't been one that would make me optimistic that that's going to be the case. Yeah. All totally. right. Thank you for the mailbag suggestion, IRLJZ. Simon, you ready to you talking to Minyu? I I am, and uh, yes, thank you, real uh, IRLJZ. Uh, um, so we're gonna do. Our segment that we now add on to the end of each of these episodes in which Simon and I visit a restaurant in or around the Orlando area. This week, we're going to travel just north of Orlando to Hotlanta (laughs) and a little club by the name of Magic City uh, where we are going to go. Enjoy some wings, or who knows what we're going to enjoy. We're going to enjoy the menu, and while we enjoy the menu, this week we're actually going to also enjoy some actual food while we're doing this. Yeah, that's right. Simon, Make you it... want to you wanna explain what we've got in front of us here? So I have ordered for both of us, uh, I'm not sure how many wings you got. I forget now. In a, all... An absurd amount. Oh, okay. A ten, a ten rack. Okay, great. Ten. That's what I thought. Um, these look amazing, by the way. These are yes. These are lemon pepper uh, wings from um, Wingstop. Uh, William, you should be feel very fortunate. Yours did not come with a soda, which I only got because it was part of a combo, <laughs> um, which was delivered to me uh, dripping wet because the soda had tipped over, uh, and. Um, the uh, yeah, but these are lemon pepper. I got. I know you're a bone-in guy. I got myself boneless. Mm. But um, folks who know the Lou Williams saga know that he uh, turned. He went to a strip club club called Magic City in Atlanta, where they have um, Lou Williams branded uh, lemon pepper and barbecue wings. And I don't know if you listen to this. William, but on, I think, the latest episode of the Hoop Collective, uh-huh. Ryan Winters was talking about how lemon pepper is, like, popping up everywhere, bubble-related. Like, I guess D- Damian Lillard, for his birthday, he got lemon pepper wings. The player for the Kings, whose name you know, I don't remember, but... Who, Rashawn Holmes. Rashad Holmes, who stepped outside of the bubble to get delivery, was getting lemon pepper wings. So anyway, lemon pepper wings are hot, hot, hot. I've never had them. I never even heard of them. Like, you can believe I've it. never had them either. I've been strongly desiring them since the Lou Williams thing <laughs> happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is amazing. They're great. 
These are dry rub. I know you're a dry rub guy. I love a dry rub. Never had a lemon pepper wing. Very excited to try it. Thank you, Lou Williams. Because mm-hmm. uh, this is just a great excuse to eat some extremely good chicken. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, uh, what do you think of that whole story? Do you think the NBA was right to make him quarantine for 10 days? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't... I don't know what Magic City's got going on there, but <laughs> it's at the very least an indoor restaurant, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Right? That he was sitting in, waiting for food, then getting food, uh, and, uh, you know, that seems. From everything I know, I'm not an epidemiologist, but everything I need to know or know would indicate we're in a high-risk situation. And who was the guy, the uh, rapper who shared the photo with the NBA? That, that I don't remember. I've never heard of him. All right. I'm getting so into these lemon wings, I'm having a real hard time. Focusing on our menu here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think well, of the lemon pepper combination? I really like it. Me too. I really like it, and I like the sort of chemical buttery taste that these have. They've done chemical butter right. Sometimes chemical butter can taste gross. Whatever they've done here. Like Papa John's? Yes, exactly. That is gross, chemical butter. This is just right. All right. Wow, this must be really gross to listen to, honestly. We're mm. basically just chewing into microphones right now. Hmm. <laughs> Dave's going wild for it. No, he's not wrong. These are these are tasty little morsels. So anyway, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> you talking to menu? <laughs> Simon and I are going. We're hitting up Magic City. We got hall passes from 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 our wives, <laughs> and we're going to Magic City. Simon, let's start off with a drink, shall we? Sure. Oh, they also have bottle service, of course. Oh God. Um. Oh yeah. What, Jesus. What net do you want to go with, by the way? Oh, good question. Um, hmm, maybe Musa. I, I've been very mean to him over the years, and I, I, um, I'd love to 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 get to know him better. Get to see wh- how he ticks. And um, <laughs> thought I could get another bite in during that. <clears throat> question that I asked you. I was wrong <laughs> about that. Mm. Um, I am going to take, because I I guess I've never seen him before, Lance Thomas. Um, just see what makes him tick, you know? <laughs> I liked the highlights. I liked the highlights in the hair. Yeah, it's old school. That's a bold look. All right, what are you getting to drink? 
Um, I'm going to get for the table, William, uh, Crown Royal Apple. Mmm. <laughs> it's a flavored whiskey that I'm guessing does not retail for $250, but at Magic City, that's what a bottle will run you. I bet you could snatch that up for about 36 bucks at, a, at, a, at your <laughs> average liquor store. Well, that's not what we're paying for here. Simon, I, for the table, am going to go ahead and get us a bottle of Jägermeister, because that's coming in at a modest 150 bucks. That's nothing. Right, and I'm going to say a round of Red Bulls for the boys as well. <laughs> we'll self-bomb. Right, those are six dollars a pop. Those are six a pop. <laughs> Might be more than the Jaeger when you get done with it. Um, all right, so let's get up to the main menu here. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna have Lou Will's wings for the table. We don't yes. we don't have to we don't have to say that. What are we getting from the main menu, though, <laughs> William? I am going I'm going to get the black bean burger because oh. I I don't think there's a better item that I could imagine at a strip club where you can also just do you see that you can just pick up you if you're just like again I think that adds credence to Lou Williams saying that he was just going for food cuz they offer the option that at a strip club you can just pick up the food and drive home and never have to deal with any stripping yeah, no, um, that's apparently what he claims to have done. Ah. And someone oh. from The Athletic went and tried to do it, and he said you wait for at least 30 minutes. <laughs> well, anyway, when my 30-minute wait is over, I'll be having a black bean burger. <laughs> wow, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. I, I, can I tell you a, a slight runner-up? Sure. <laughs> I was I was seriously considering getting a fish and shrimp salad from the strip club. Ooh. Where they offer fi- a lot of seafood options. A ton of seafood. I'm gonna get Simon lamb chops and two sides. Mmm. Um. The only time I've ever really seen anyone have a lamb chop, I was at the Macaroni Grill in Albuquerque. Uh huh. And I was sitting next to my father's cousin, and he um, got a little bit sick at the table and regurgitated a good deal of the lamb chop into his napkin while I was sitting next to him at the table. Oh, my God. So that's my only real experience with the lamb chop, Uh but I think I'm ready to create new memories with it. Sure. Uh, And that it comes with two sides is, is really why I'm going for it. My two sides, Simon... Mm-hmm. Now, they're not going to... These sides aren't going to blow you away. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to get the sautéed spinach and the uh, onion rings. Okay. Yeah. Are you, get, are you getting any sides? I'll get the fried okra, William, and a side salad. Because, again, I'm on a bit of a health kick here at the Magic City restaurant. Simon, one thing that's pretty sad about this menu, it doesn't appear 
to have desserts. I know. It's, where, why is that where this thing stops? The whole thing is completely absurd. I've never heard of a restaurant inside of a strip club. And and they have they do it, you know, they don't just have a restaurant. They have, like, as we've said, a multi-pronged menu, lots of seafood and, and veggie options. No dessert. Chapter is, Chapter 2. Do you remember that place in Albuquerque? I know of it, yeah. So it was this giant pink, painted pink, in this massive, massive, massive parking lot. This giant bright pink building called Chapter 2 for, I guess, bankruptcy. Because <laughs> nothing nothing turns people on quite like being reminded that they're likely bankrupt. And... <laughs> And we used to pass it all the time when I used to drive up to middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the sign, it would be – it was never over $5. It was either three ninety nine or four ninety nine for all you could eat lobster and steak lunch buffet. <laughs> Um, which, as a child, was endlessly hilarious to me that you could get like this amazing food that I, you know, I don't think I'd ever had lobster at that point in my life. I was like twelve right. years old. It's not um, a delicacy. No, no. But just imagine the quality of lobster that they're flying in to Chapter Two <laughs> on San Pedro or wherever god awful street it was on. <laughs> For an all-you-can-eat buffet at four dollars and ninety-nine cents. Yeah, I I just don't I don't understand the eating in strip club combo. <laughs> no, and particularly wings. Like of all foods you'd want to eat in a strip club, that seems like the filthiest. Like you don't want your hands to be. I know you're not allowed to touch, but still, like <laughs> you. <laughs> don't want your hands to just you don't want to have to use like 13 wet naps while you're at the <laughs> at right. the strip it's club. It's extremely involved, extremely messy. And I just don't know like when you're in a strip club just like touching like having to eat with your hands is also kind of a gross concept. But maybe that's just my sort of like, you know, sure. puritanical Exactly. Squeamishness, we're, yeah. Right. We're not, you know, we're getting older. <laughs> we are getting older. We're we starting to scare older. us more and more. Um, Simon, thanks again for these wings. They are absolutely out of this world. Lemon pepper is fast climbing up my my <laughs> list of wing toppings. Um, I think <laughs> I know the answer to this. Are you a flats or a drumstick guy? Uh, flats. Yeah. I was a hard drumsticker. Until maybe the last year, year or two, and I'm I'm slowly coming around to the old flat ski. Okay, yeah. I I feel like it's easier to pick off the meat on a flat. Yeah. Um. All right, Simon. Where can people get in touch with us, and when they know where they can get in touch with us, what do you think they should do with that information? Great question. So, listen, folks. Are you out there? Do you want me to eat another wing in your ear? Because I will do it if it gets you to pick up the uh, pick up the computer. I was going to say phone, but we don't actually have a maybe next time phone line at this point. But um, 
send us your questions, your comments, your thoughts to maybe next time at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at maybe next time on Facebook at maybe next time and Instagram at maybe next time uh, <laughs> and give us reviews five stars as we've discussed our patience for lower than five stars is wearing thin please five stars um, if you're going to leave a review um, we would really appreciate it and uh, maybe we'll get you wings Simon if you're asked to do a virtual fan experience again what are you saying (laughs) I'm not home nobody's home (laughs) that's just not a good time for me yeah, well, there's there's two more. So at most, right, they'll be because they're doing it on quote unquote home games, even though those are meaningless. But we have two more regular season home games, and then if we make the playoffs, two playoff home games. So we won't have to do it more than four times. But I don't know. I'm I'm hoping to make it a clean zero. <laughs> I yeah. Know I know, especially since you have access to the game. It seems um, crazy to to do that. Yeah. Uh, that said, you know, it was an experience. We'll be able to tell our grand dogs and cats about it one day. Uh-huh, definitely. Woof, woofs. Our little woof, woofs. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to us talk and then eat very loudly into some microphones. And as Simon said, be in touch. We'd love to hear from you. We really genuinely would. Um, so hit us up. We can talk about what bottle you would get at Magic City or what style of wing, flat or drum, or what sauce you'd get, lemon pepper yes. or... Maybe like a a Parmesan garlic. Yeah, or my favorite William, other than the Lou William, is the Juju Rude Boy Jerk. Ooh, that does sound exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, lots of jerk ones. I mean, I'm sure the food is pretty damn good. I, I, I a lot of people have come out and said the food here is amazing. Um, so if we're ever in Atlanta, I can't imagine an occasion we would be in Atlanta, but yeah. But if we are, we will check it out for sure. Um, But anyway, folks, thank you so very, very much for listening. And we will go ahead and uh, see you next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay sleeping I read the paper in bed and in the personal columns there was this letter I read if you like pina colada